0: Good medicine attends to the what of flesh, but obviously good medicine goes beyond just being a mechanic of flesh. It has an awareness of self. And it's this frontier between flesh and self that our next guest's work sits at the very center of. Sophie de Oliveira works within prosthetics. She worked for a uh, one of the top-end companies in making very lifelike, uh, unbelievably lifelike, prosthetic limbs but then has recently, in the last few years, set up the Alternative Limb Project, which we will be seeing some slides of and some um, samples of. Absolutely unbelievable things that take your idea of what prosthetics are to an incredible level and are incredible extensions of self of the people who are wearing them. So, uh, I would like us to welcome, please, Sophie de Oliveira to the stage.
1: Tom, can you hear me?
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay. Perfect.
1: Got my bag.
0: The limbs. <laughs> At some point, we will find out what's inside the box. <laughs> a, uh, I'd, I'd kind of be interested to start with a question of um, how, and then eventually kind of move on to the what and the why of what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, just need to flick through. Can we have next slide? Sorry. Uh, so if you could talk to us, uh, we've got a couple of slides here. Of some of the more traditional prosthetics that you've made which are unbelievably lifelike could you tell us a bit about just the process of how you go about making them what they're made of
1: yeah so um i work with silicon and um i uh, i meet the the client um, i used to call them patients but i guess now i call them clients um at clinics and um i uh, take color readings um, and casts and um and then i <coughs> and images as well, and then I go back to my uh, studio and I make the prosthetic limb um, in very thin layers of, of the silicon, um, um, with all different skin tones, building up one layer at, um, by layer. Um, some of the layers are kind of 0.2 mil, they're super thin, and, um, and then all, sc- all scratched into the surface, so all the, all the colour is in the material. Um, so, it's not really painted on the top, it's all in the material, so it won't kind of wear away. Um, and then finally, just details like uh, moles, freckles, and veins are, um, are added at the end. Um, and it's yeah. those
0: details, which if we could have the next slide, because I think we've got some uh, details, it's the, it's the level of detail that you have that I yeah. think is of particular interest. Um, and you said in a previous interview that you've done that some people say they want a really realistic limb, and then the reality is once you start to make it, they quite quickly want something a bit closer to a a Photoshopped limb. They (laughs) want all the the sticky, sweaty, blemishes removed.
1: So so I've got kind of two different... um, kind of uh, markets almost, Um, the realistic and the alternative, and actually the realistic, you know, people who want the realistic are kind of, yeah, no, I want mine to look really realistic, and actually it then soon becomes an alternative already, and I'm like, hang on, this isn't actually going to look like your other other limb. Um, It's quite difficult to to match people because, of course, your skin tones, you you know, you're forever changing with with, uh, temperature, and, I mean, one quite good exercise, whether we could all do it, actually, it's too dark, but, put your arm up for a couple of minutes and then bring it down, and, and the colour is completely different. And um, one lady I, I made a leg for recently, she, um, she actually lost her leg due to circulation problems. So you can imagine, we were there for about an hour and a half, matching all the different skin tones. And we were like, right, I think you got it. Let's just go and double-check. And then it was like a completely different palette of, of, of skin tones. And it's quite weird, actually, because you have... You have um, you, you know when when the client comes to to, to pick up um, on the delivery, um, you've got the leg kind of or all the arms sitting in the corner, and you you can see them coming in. And you're like, okay, it doesn't look anything like them. <laughs> and then they're coming in. and They're like, oh, so here's your leg, and and put it on. It's okay, don't worry. Just walk around for a little bit, and then it's very strange. It's like a camouflage you know the the body kind of then starts to merge in with the actual prosthetic and it's before your eyes it's actually transforming To inhabit
0: it. yeah yeah. well yeah it's really
1: it's really strange it was just because the the skin temperature um, changes and then you um, and then it just yeah which I suppose
0: comes to a question which in my head anyway kind of a traditional prosthetic is a very kind of practically designed almost ubiquitous thing that is you know what does the it's kind surprising. of average skin look like, and you're dealing with such specific designs to each individual. Yeah. Um, and do you think that's, I mean, it's, it's such a shift, obviously, because it's uh, taking it back to them. Is that important, do you think? Uh,
1: yeah, incredibly. I, I, I really like to, to get, I mean, where I trained, um, it was quite strange, because I never really got to um, meet the clients. Um, and I remember making seven fingers for, um, no, it was, yeah, seven fingers for Three people with the same surname, and I was just like, "This is really strange. Like, what is the story behind this?" That, and it was I'm still trying to get my head around that. That seems and like a
0: that seems like a suitably creepy moment. Yeah. To right. um oh, hang to on, hang ask to the, ask the kind of the question of um to extend an analogy way too far, kind of an unboxing of what we've yeah. what we've what you've brought. Yeah. With okay.
1: You. Um. Yeah. So oh, sorry, so what I was going to say actually was that um. I like to um, invite the clients now to my studio where now I I work for myself, and it's um, I think it's really important for them to actually be part of the process rather than just making something and then it just being sent and then suddenly they receive it and go oh well that's mine I've got to wear it like it's this is me now, Um, but yeah if they're part of the process then I think um, uh, it it increases um, the chances of them taking ownership of the limb and they get to be part of the decision-making, like those, like you were saying about Photoshop, you know, I say, oh, would you like, you know, would you like, these? I've got to be really careful, actually, um, would you like these veins, or, you know, do, do, you want, do you want this corn, and, you know, what do you want copied, you know, and then suddenly they're like, oh, no, I don't want that, and it's like, it's there, I'm just copying, um, but, yeah, it, it gives them a chance to...
0: I hope you didn't open this on the train down, or... Well,
1: that I'm that. used to travelling with limbs in my back, <laughs> yeah, so... Oh, so here's a leg, this is just a... So it's obviously not got the structure, so... I mean, the fingers and partial hands and partial feet are... The whole thing is made out of silicon, but um, like a full arm or a full leg um, is, is almost like a glove, really. So um, so you've got the limb structure and then this silicon um, yeah, cosmesis that goes over the top, so it's a bit wobbly, but yeah.
0: And it is... Game. I mean, you, you'll be able to get a good sense from the audience, but if you're this... I mean, this is... Un- unbelievably, it, yeah, I'm, I'm slightly creeped out, I'll be honest. Put a foot there as it well. <laughs> <laughs> Put
1: the foot there.
0: I mean, it is, a, it is a foot for all intents and purposes. Which, I mean, we spoke a bit earlier about the, the question of the uncanny valley. So um, it's a phrase that came up from actually initially in, in animation uh, yeah. and in various technologies. <laughs> that point where something that we know is not real hits that um, level where it is so hyperreal we have an awareness of it not being that we start to feel uncomfortable Do you yeah, think that happens with definitely,
1: definitely. And actually I was gonna I could just chuck this foot out into the audience and <laughs> depending on like you know who, who receives it, it will be you know, some people are just like, wow, that's amazing. And like let me touch it and you know smell it. Um it doesn't smell. That's the beauty of procedures. Um, no it doesn't. Um well occasionally I think I've cooked a couple of things in the oven at the same time. But well not the same time. Anyway they could, um, hold on, sorry, sorry. <laughs> They get cooked oh, in the yeah, oven. Oh, yeah, so they get cooked in the oven. So I've got a freezer and an oven with limbs. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so depending on who caught it, you know, you might be like, wow, that's incredible. And then someone else would be like, oh, literally, you know, chucked no. back. Um, and when, um, when a client does come to the studio, and often I'm kind of particularly legged, so you know, I'll, I'll, have the, I'll have the cosmesis there, so it will still be uncured, so it's soft. It's almost like Turkish delight before it's, uh, before it's cured. And uh, I'll be there, and I'll be kind of at their, at their feet, kind of sculpting away. Um, and it's really strange for them, because they're, they're you know, often kind of like, this is just a really weird sensation. You know? And it actually, the whole phantom limb thing as well, because you're kind of almost tiggling their toes as I'm, yeah. as I'm sculpting away, and they're like, oh, that feels and so, very
0: strange. So people, do people start to get a like that experiment where you have um, your hand and then a mirror of a hand.
1: Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the, the 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 lower limb prosthetics because you're kind of walking on them. Um, you know, they're they're very functional in that respect. You know, you can still obviously walk on them. Um, they they you can kind of kind of get away with it. People don't people don't see it so much. But there is. A kind of uncanny valley comes into it, particularly with upper limb prosthetics, mm. because you can make something ever so realistic, but then you're you're gesturing all the time with your hands, and, and and this is actually just still. It's just like that, and it's it's just quite unnerving, I think, for for people. And actually, I think sometimes it's harder um, visually um, for someone who's lost maybe even just a digit, as you know, finger, as opposed to a whole leg, because. You know, you see someone with a missing leg, and you straight away you understand, okay, they're missing their leg. But if they miss their finger, you, it's kind of so subtle, so yeah. you're kind of like, oh, are they missing? Or, you know, you're studying for longer, and it's kind of yeah, it can yeah. Be kind of awkward right. um, so for them. Yeah.
0: So take a bit of a jump, if we could move to yeah. the next slide. And so which takes what are my us drawings? to <laughs> <laughs> which takes yeah. us to the alternative limb project, which I'm sure it grew out of many places, but it seems to me that absolutely yeah. central to this. Um, was someone you were working with called Pollyanna yeah. um, who was a who was a young girl and obviously so she had various limbs made as she grew. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us about her story if you like?
1: Yeah, oh, in terms of how she lost her limb.
0: That and then the kind yeah. of development of the type of limbs that she was yeah. wanting.
1: Yeah, so um, she lost her limb when she was very little. Um, in fact, I think she was just a toddler um, and she was being pushed along with her um, mother and grandmother and then just one of those kind of tragic incidents a bus came onto the pavement and um, actually pinned the grandmother to a wall so she passed away at the scene and the um, mother was left with really bad scarring and then the little girl had her leg amputated, uh, well in fact it was off at the scene. So um, so yeah, so it was actually the little girl, Pollyanna, is. she doesn't remember any of it and she, she's incredible, she's just kind of, um, you know, as soon as she comes into the clinic she just puts her leg on, she hops around kind of thing. But the, mo- the mother, obviously, it's kind of a constant reminder of, of her mother, so they've set up a charity in the name of her mother. Um,
0: yeah. And then could you tell us about so how oh, she started well, she coming to the clinic? Yeah, so
1: she had a realistic leg made for her every year um, as she was growing. And then um, over the years, she wanted something a little bit different. Um, and she just said, "Oh, can you know? I really want some. Um, you know, my favourite cartoon is Peppa Pig. I'd like uh, these pigs to be riding bicycles and eating ice creams." <laughs> so, okay, that's that's really sweet. Okay, I could do that. So we had those along the top of her leg, and then the next, and then I started encouraging her. I was like, "Pollyanna, are you gonna? Have? Do you, you know, because so I was experimenting with stuff myself." And then, um, and she said, "Oh, well, this time I want a Christmas scene." And uh, her mum, was, I was like, you know, Christmas isn't all year round, Pollyanna. <laughs> so, yeah, but you know, I love Christmas. And like, okay, right. So we had little kind of like vintage postcard images of little kids kind of chucking snowballs and sledging down her leg. And then um, I think the last one was um, actually images of her whole family. So I went to her house and we were looking at uh, the computer of all uh, images of her family and um, they were kind of imp- imposed, well, embedded in, in, the, in the material in kind of colourful picture frames all the way her, around her legs. So she was really being playful and interactive with, with her. her her leg covers and uh, other people were like encouraging her, oh, what are you going to have, am I on your leg? And, you know, <laughs> um, you know what are you going to have next? And so I, I could see from a rehabilitation point of view that it was really um, encouraging, and, you know, to, to explore alternative um, prosthetics and just, you know, simple designs, but maybe to, to really kind of go, go out and, and, and do some really interesting... Uh, prosthetics.
0: Which seems to be where the alternative limb project has has come from and grown into. And so we have, if we could have the next slide, and so we have, um, (laughs) actually can we move on, we'll come back to this one, but we can move on one more. Um, So it's, uh, so Victoria, who is a musician and a (coughs) performer, um, and who...
1: Oh, sorry, it's not a very good
0: image, that one. (laughs) But if you could tell us about, so this particular leg, you've made a number of legs for her, haven't you, including one for the Paralympic closing ceremony that she's involved in.
1: That's
0: right. Could you tell us about this one with the speaker in the in the like. Yeah.
1: So, um, I mean, this one was I just had kind of free rein, really. I mean, I was looking for someone um, who kind of embodied everything um, th- that kind of wanted to explore about the alternative. I mean, she was quite. Um, she actually chose to have an amputation because um, she was born with a very withered leg, and she she didn't um, didn't have much strength. And um, after countless operations, she. She decided to have a voluntary amputation, and, and ne- has never looked back. So she sees her prosthetic as um, as a, you know, in very in a very positive way, and um, and and so we kind of wanted to play with this, and and so she seemed like the perfect person to really kind of um, play with. And uh, she's, she's also a model, as you can see, and um, modeled, I mean, she's modelled over 300 shoots, but I think only really shown that she wears a prosthetic in about three, um, and so, um, I've forgotten why I said that, but, um, yeah.
0: But, so, I, suppose, I suppose because it seems um, both at well, points such a part of her identity, and she expresses it very openly at other points, it it, her yeah. identity doesn't have to be about yeah aesthetic. exactly
1: she doesn't want it to be, and, and actually that was quite interesting because when we started exploring this she um, this became quite a quite a well a, a prolific kind of image um prolific um, and and so and she got a lot of attention for this, and people were you know were saying this is, um this is incredible and she, she just then started thinking, well actually i don't want this, this to be me, def- like define to me as a person. Yeah. yeah, but then she's then once again gone through a transformation and thought, well, no, this is just part of me and this is fine. So it was just a bit of an identity kind of, you know, so she's gone through a, quite a journey herself. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, sorry, where I was going with the modeling was that I just had a visual feast of, of, of information. Of she only models what she likes um, to, to kind of design for. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I.
0: And, and then for something very different. One, we move to the next slide, which I think is JJ Crumfield. Oh no, this one. Oh, this for is another Paralympic. one for Victoria, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so this was a crystallised, um, well. kind of encrusted, crystal embedded um, leg for the Paralympic closing ceremony. And in fact, they were actually going to get her to um, perform. Um, with a prosthetic to blend in, so you wouldn't know she was an amputee. Um, but then she posed the question, "Well, this is all about superhumans, and you know, um, y- you know th- that was an amazing campaign as well the, yeah. the, for the Channel Four. Um, and so it makes sense to kind of, I know this girl, and she can do some stuff with my leg. It'd be really cool. So yeah.
0: So and then so we then move on then, which neatly moves on actually to JoJo. To the next slide, please. Yeah. So um, so JoJo Cranfield. Um, who is a swimmer and a, a Paralympian, and that the Paralympics obviously have played this huge part in, in reshaping perceptions of disability. Um, I mean, I think for me personally, and for, from anecdotes from other people, one of the big shifts was watching someone like a David Weir and just thinking of him in the same terms as Mo Farah, as an incredible athlete, mm-hmm. um, or Ellie Simmons, and thinking of her in the same way as a Rebecca Adlington. And um, so the interviews that you've done with, with Jojo, she speaks um, very much about wanting to show power and sexiness and to yeah, really show herself and to celebrate.
1: Um. Yeah, and actually, um, Jojo was born without an arm, so she never, and she doesn't, doesn't really wear um, prosthetic, um, a, a prosthetic, I think she had one once that she kind of had fun with and pulled out of a gym bag and freaked people out with, but <laughs> apart from that, I don't think she ever wore it. Um, but yeah, so she, so for her, she thought, well, it's almost more cumbersome to, to have a prosthetics, but but the idea of, of having it for for another purpose, um, you know, in, in terms of just seeing it almost in a different way, uh, like a um, uh, an accessory almost, um, rather than a, 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 a bad kind of replacement, um, made sense to her. She kind of really enjoyed that. Um,
0: which is a which is a very different journey from. A few of the other people you've worked with, I've noticed, have gone on this journey where having a prosthetic to start with was about trying to fit in, to be normal, to be the same as everyone else, and that gradually... Gaining a self-confidence and an independence that then said, "No, I want to be yeah. to be me, to have that independence." And obviously, that varies person to person.
1: Yeah, and 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 you know, it's not necessarily one thing for one and one the other. And I still make realistic prosthetics because I think it's a it's still worthwhile service. Um, I think you know, having spoke met so many amputees, uh, losing your limb is really um, disempowering and alienating can be. Um, and so um, to have a realistic one um, can. Create some um, like body balance and security and self like control as well. I mean, one lady, an older lady um, that I met, it was a grandmother who just one day hit, it was a hit and run, and she um, she said I it, it transformed her completely. And she, this this is a realistic one, in that she said um, you know for her to, to look she she was bearing the scars in her mind, but to look down every day and see you know you didn't have your limit it just reminded you and to just you just had a bit of peace when you had a, a realistic cover you, and you wouldn't be constantly being looked at and then contemplate what happened you could just have you give you the space to digest what had happened um but even confident you know confident people who have kind of come to terms um, with their loss and um, still perhaps you know would want a realistic, but then at the other side, there are also a lot, uh, a lot of people that kind of think well why why should I uh, hide or blend in society when I can you know express um, my kind of playfulness and and also when it's something <coughs> unusual then it creates kind of a conversation as yeah. well, so people feel like it breaks down barriers. It's like an unspoken dialogue. Wh- for
0: which, thinking of unusual, I, I think we've got Ryan next. Yeah. We could go on to the next slide. And so Ryan, so if the Paralympics is one of, one of the big things that shifted perceptions of disability, there's obviously been um, a huge number of people who have lost limbs through, uh, through recent conflicts, and yeah. be that, one, the fact that we're in the conflicts, two, the fact, the type of, um, Weapons, particularly the type of uh, improvised explo- explosives, and yeah. also the, the advances in trauma—you uh, know—trauma medicine. That means that injuries that would previously killed people now they, they lose a limb, but they can be yeah. their life can be saved. Yeah. And so Ryan um, lost his leg, didn't he? In um, Afghanistan. Ana-Arm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ana-Arm, yeah. Um, he. Um, yeah, he. In fact, I think it's almost like a different breed of um, person, actually, the, the military men, because they're kind of, you know, they're 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 already almost prepped up into thinking that, you know, what what might happen, and they already have people that have gone out um, before them, and they see them coming back with obviously big injuries. Um, so it's something that they can get their head around a lot more than just a normal civilian just suddenly gets, you know, out of their control, gets knocked down by a car. Um, so. Very soon, Ryan actually, when he came back, he, he, he wanted to kind of do something with his, do something quite playful. And in a way, it's almost like a badge of honour. It's like you know, I earned this kind of thing, um, and then it almost becomes a bit of a well, look what I've got kind of thing. Um, and I mean, this was quite fun because he said, he said, uh, Sophie, I'd really like my toes, but um, um, but you can like be playful with the rest, you know, just go for it. And so he took hairs from the back of his neck and did you know on his toes, and. Um, and it's quite a fun one because he says that when he sees people, when he interacts with people, they, they say, um, "Oh, that's, that's that's incredible, you know." You're, uh, so you're, that's your foot, but h- how the hell how do they do? <laughs> how do they do that? It's like, and then they're like, "That's not your foot. That's so weird." Um, and so it's kind of like all of a sudden it's not a conversation about pity or loss. It's yeah. like you know, you've, I, he's actually fooled people, and you know, it's yeah. Um, yeah.
0: They literally so think he's funny. some kind of RoboCop. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, which, I mean, we've touched a, a bit on changing perceptions, and I know that at the moment you're working on a, a documentary where oh, that's you're trying. As well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: Which kind of qu- which which is looking into, I suppose, what the alternative limb project. Um, how does it how does it impact upon the people who have had them okay, and yeah. the public? Could you tell us a bit about the documentary?
1: Yeah, so it's really kind of beginning stages. A um, bit as kind of. Um, about bridging the mind and the body, and um, and and the impact that these alternative prosthetics might have on 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 someone, and um, and and the, their kind of personal connection also to the limb uh, from a psychological <coughs> perspective. So it's just kind of follow. We're going to follow um, the the process of of, of three amputees and, and them getting alternative limbs and and what they choose to have as well, and how the designs are created, uh, creative, and it obviously very much comes from them. Um, and and the, uh, we're also getting a neuroscientist involved to see whether, you know, how something could look very unlike um, a prosthetic, but yet it might have, I don't know, but it might have... Um, um, they, it might show that there's more... Uh, of a kind of bond there, a psychological bond, because it's literally like you're wearing your heart on your sleeve, so all these elements of design that are taken from that person's personality and um, uh, soul. And Um, is that, do you think that's,
0: um, because often what happens uh, with these, with a project when you start to look to assess it in that broad sense of, is the desire to, to measure things, to yeah. it, and do you think it's measurable? Is it a kind of a quantifiable thing? I don't know. Thing? but
1: I think we're just going to go with the flow. Yeah. We'll see <laughs> but where it goes. yeah. But yeah. I mean, he he seems very interested. He, he I mean, he thinks it's um, it it could be quite um. I don't think it's been done before in, in that respect. So it's something that he wants. To, it's kind of new field, really. He wants to explore.
0: Which. So. I mean, one of the one of the things I'm interested in. It's kind of very. It's very clear um, how you go about it in terms of the complexity of the craft. And we've obviously had a bit of a flavour of, of what it is you do and for whom. Yeah. Just a question of, I suppose, of which is maybe too broad, but why? And I mean both from your perspective, yeah, um, and then from the, uh, the from the client, from the patient's perspective. The, yeah. um, why might they choose to go down another route? And why might why have you ended up going down this direction?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I guess um, I guess if I start with me, I've got like um, this is very strange. I made this ages ago, and. Um, this is me experimenting and it was just a curiosity kind of playfulness really which kind of comes links in with pollyanna you're all like what she got in her hand um so i just wanted to make a hat i don't know why but i wanted to make a hand that fitted to my palm and so i could see my hand going backwards um for no reason for no other reason than that really um and so i spent ages kind of doing. this is a really old one of, bit embarrassed about that but um, so really it was just playfulness and um, kind of the imagination um, kind of uh, I, I've always been interested in bridging the two worlds of reality and the imaginary world because I studied special effects um, and as um, an image I've got of my little cousin who's got a hairy chest and he's reading a newspaper and he's only like four and I love <laughs> yeah. that image because it's kind of like that's uncanny kind of yeah. you know is it real is it not um, and so and so really, the, that I had that kind of going on, but then also when Pollyanna came along, I, th- I thought, well, this just makes complete sense. And uh, you know, there, there seem to be people that want prosthetics, just like basic ones or really realistic ones. But there doesn't seem to be anyone out there kind of celebrating it in that space in a different way and mm. um, treating their limb as an accessory or, or some, some, something that they they're quite proud of. Um, and everyone likes to personalize. Uh, the things that they love around them, and it makes sense to personalize something that you feel has um, perhaps has st- you know a s- certain stigma or, or whatever attached
0: to. Um, which comes to the which comes to the question yeah. of the um, what I was at least trying to get to oh, sorry. in the introduction. No, 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 oh, right. not now. No, don't. worry. Um, <laughs> Do of it? that, um, a prosthetic traditionally being kind of an extension of flesh, a, a replacement of flesh. But that it seems that, you're, that you that you—that's not what you're dealing with exactly. You're dealing with um, an extension or a projection of self. Is of, that fair? yeah,
1: the per, of the person. And um, I mean, actually, the, we've got another slide. I think of Veronica. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, for example, it's incredible. Like this—this this is the first time Veronica wore a skirt since her accident, losing her leg. And um, I mean, one. Uh, why? I mean, when I saw her and delivered the, the, the leg cover. I, you know, she. I could see her looking at herself in the mirror, and she's not particularly vain or arrogant at all. But it was just she didn't have to say anything. It was just the way that she looked at herself. She was just like, oh, this, this is me. This, I'm, I'm a woman, um, and and that was just really like, that's this is why I'm kind of doing it really. Um, yeah.
0: Which which seems, I mean, just an anecdote like that kind of argues the case for for why it's worthwhile. Yeah. I suppose the next. Question is, which is potentially an awkward one, but no. it's, I presume they're incredibly expensive,
1: yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and
0: so, so if we can all kind of agree, yeah, yeah. this this works, giving people this um, independence to choose, yeah. but is that That's is that a problem? Accessible. That kind of market force? Or?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, really, I, I'm not trying to kind of solve loads of different problems. It's more a case of it just being a um, uh, some examples uh, of of work that that I hope will kind of encourage people to 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 Change the mindset about prosthetics or about people wearing prosthetics, and um, you know it doesn't stop anyone else kind of seeing an image and thinking, "Oh yeah, I'd really like to, you know, cover my leg in fairy lights or you know whatever, you know, home homemade stuff." And actually, the N- like the NHS, is incredible because they've, um, you know, there's definitely a shift now. I think, like you said, after the Paralympics, people are really wanting to celebrate their prosthetics, and I've noticed. Because they still make realistic prosthetics for NHS um, centres. Um, that they they do sockets like they laminate um, cool T-shirts, so someone could bring in a, their favourite football um, T-shirt, or um, I don't know. I think I saw a leg which was jelly bean leg, which was awesome. And uh, you know they did that. They, they just laminated that, and it's just a cheap and you yeah, so it's it so quite
0: cost-efficient.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you can't afford it, there are other ways, aren't there? It yes. doesn't have to be. But of course, these are incredibly labour-intensive. So this one was um, was almost it was product, almost like a product design piece, really. Uh, I'm now working with other um, you know other freelancers that <coughs> when their skills are kind of called called upon. Um, and um, this was a, a lady. Um, Helen helped me design this one, which was 3D designed and 3D printed. And there's a panel at the front that comes out, and there's uh, lights inside. And she's got a a a metal knee piece that she can kneel on. And if you look through the top, um, because she used to hate having this kind of gap, if you look through the top, it looks like a kind of turbine engine, so it looks like the, (laughs) the base of her leg. I mean, you know, that's bespokely made to her, and it took. A long time, so it's it's going to be expensive. So that one was about um, what was that? Six thousand pounds. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But then that took about four months. Yeah. 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 And it's 3D printed, so it's expensive.
0: How does um, this? I've still not quite understood 3D printing. Like, how does so? Do you construct a design on the computer? So it's all designed
1: on the computer, and then it's um, and then it's. uh, uh, sent to a machine, which then builds up the um, the, the data kind of yep. um, in a in a three D way, <laughs> and it, um, and then it just kind of builds it up like that, and then it has to be sanded down and finished as well.
0: Amazing. Um, um, I've I've got I've got tons more questions, oh but I kind of a get a sense a that sense um, well. I kind of get a sense that there's probably going to be a lot of interested questions from the uh, yeah from the audience. We've got about five minutes, so if we could, yeah if we could have the lights up. Um, yeah. Wow.
1: So that's an arm. I mean it's really heavy because it's filled with plaster which it wouldn't normally be. But right, it's stunning. It's um it's got loads yeah. of laser cut wooden pieces and it's got little um compartments inside that
0: incredible. Has any um could <laughs> any questions who would <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. I can't quite see so if someone could hand a microphone to Just someone stunning, and make and yeah one here yeah that you do, and I'm just wondering
1: specifically how people do finance this. Is this something that they do find their own private finances for? Do they get grants?
0: Yeah. Um, um, Does the
1: NHS maybe pay part of it? Is this what they they want to go down? Well, the NHS, um, not all centres, but some centres provide realistic prosthetics, um, and they're they're quite expensive as well. Um, I mean, there are, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, but you know, around 3,000 pounds for a a lower limb. once again, it's all bespokely made for that person. So it's um, and so that's the NHS. Um, I've been looking into the idea of well, could they cover to a certain point, and then someone could kind of top it up, but um, that kind of becomes kind of complex and for, for people I think to get their head around. Um, so in in fact, this was the first leg that was um, um, done for um, through insurance. So. Veronica actually got this through her insurance, and actually that's quite interesting because insurance tend to say, "Well, what we do is we just replace um, we have to put you back <laughs> But they obviously haven't um, they haven't seen what I actually made <laughs> um, no they, they said um, that they they'll they'll put you back in a position that you were before you had your accident, so in generally their mindset is, well, you make a realistic prosthetic, but that's kind of. It seems ridiculous because that's not the same person anymore. And just because it's a realistic limb, it's like, oh, well, there you yeah, go. That's my own old leg. Um, but um, but this was quite a forward-thinking um, insurance uh, company, and they decided that actually, for her well-being, I mean, she's got a really incredible bit of um, kit underneath that that leg. I mean, that's about 50 grand on its own. Um, this componentry that she has, um, and it's um, it needed kind of a cover for it anyway, and the prosthetist would just wrapped it up in a, foam, in a pink, pink foam and shaped it to her other leg, and she was like, well, this is an amazing bit of technology. I'd like to celebrate it and show it off rather than cover it in pink foam. Um, As well, I have a uber cover.
0: Have we, yeah. uh, have we got a microphone with anyone else up, up here? Well, I I microphone. Oh, microphone just coming, sorry, there you go.
1: I can really see the value of um, allowing people to express their personality with their prosthetic. Do you also work with people who are do, doing even more with a prosthetic limb, so it can do even more than say a normal limb can do? Yeah, well I'd love to kind of go into that territory and work with, with other people to to almost do alternative functions as well as, I guess brings us back to that arm. It's a bit basic, but it's kind of like a Swiss arm knife type well, no, arm. <laughs> um, it's got different functions apart from knives. Um, yeah, and no, I wouldn't go there um, properly. but. I think uh, yeah that's something that I'd love to explore and people have been interested in. Yeah, definitely.
0: Should we take if we take yeah. Yeah. One last yeah, one, la- one last one I can't see hands can't see really them. well. Yeah, time, time for now, lunch, we'll, we'll lunch. take time for lunch. Thank you so uh, so huge uh, <laughs> thank, thank you very to Sophie. Thank you
1: much. <laughs>